I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. The Orange can't even score 50 points in the loss to Notre Dame. A loss in the Dome in front of the largest crowd of the season. 50 points. It's the most bullshit thing I've seen in 30 years. And it doesn't get any easier from there as we turn to Joe for a look ahead to UVA. They're on a tear. Let's go. Make some noise, Orange fans. It's time for the Juice Nation podcast with Sean and Joe. Give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Q's Nation podcast. All right, what's up, Q's Nation? Thanks for tuning in to episode 49 of the Q's Nation podcast with Sean and Joe. We can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play Music, YouTube, and SoundCloud. I'm Sean, alongside my good buddy Joe. How's it going, brother? There he is. He'll be here. There he, there, <laughs> there he is. <laughs> uh, leaving me hanging, dude. Um, so, you know, just it, just for the record, I was so upset at the game against um, Notre Dame. Uh, everybody has every right in the world, uh, Q's Nation, it has every right to be just besides themselves and totally disappointed with that game. It's not the end of the world, but boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. It just, uh, you know, you got a team, Joe, They that you're facing a team they shot 30.3% from the field. 23.8% from behind the arc. And you can't even score 50 points and they beat you by two. I mean, it it was not just devastating, but a little embarrassing. Uh, and you know, that, that's time to, it's time to climb back on the ledge. Yeah, time to climb back <laughs> on the ledge. Exactly. What were we saying last week? Yeah. <laughs> Help me up. Give me a pat on the ass. Tell me everything's going to gonna be all right. Off the ledge. <laughs> Holy cow! Just get back up there, boy. Because I'll tell you what, UVA's no joke too. Um, oh. And when you look at when you look at you know we said last week I guess coach listens because he put Merrick in for thirty two minutes this this game and had Moyer in for eight so uh, there kind of needs to be a balance there I feel like I don't know what it is to be honest with you I don't know I, I, maybe he's testing some things out but 
I think he just goes with the hot hand, man. But yeah, I know. But how would how would Merrick have the hot hand? I mean, what watching him in practice? Because um, he only played. Well, what, he started ten? Moyer. Right. Moyer started, and he didn't like what he saw, so he put in Merrick, and Merrick played well. Yeah, and well, he also threw in. Uh, well, he played. I mean, he played a Merrick game. Yeah. Yeah, he's played a whole lot better than that. Um, you know, and he threw in. He threw in um, Howard Washington too for. Well, like two minutes and um, pulled him out. I don't even think it was a minute. This says two minutes, but for some reason, I feel like it was under a minute. I feel like it was like 56 seconds or something like that. But um, it wasn't long. You know, and you had. No, it wasn't. And here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You take away of this game. You take away the last two minutes of this game. And you've got Battle, who in the last 90 seconds... Uh, he, he connected on uh, driving to the rim and then got that. Uh, Notre Dame went down, missed their shot. Uh, he came back, hit a quick three, and, and tied it with 48 seconds left. And then when they have the ball, he steals the ball. He holds the ball for the, for, to get, I think there was a four-second differential. He's holding the yep. ball, and all would be lost when he just loses it, it appears that he just lost it. And obviously yeah. we know what happens after that fast breakdown. I think it was, um, help me out. Joe Gibbs, they intercepted the ball, ran yep. down the court. He missed his layup. And then, uh, Pfluger, is it Pfluger or Fluger? Help me out. Fluger, Rex Fluger. Okay. Um, he, he, he got the rebound after a half hearted attempt by Howard and Merrick. Um, to rebound, he gets the rebound, puts it in, leaves two seconds on the clock. I mean, it's done. I didn't even get off the couch. I didn't even bother. It wasn't exciting. It was embarrassing. And it was the worst game of the season, in my opinion. And, yeah. um, you know, well, one thing to we got beat, go well, ahead, we got go beat, ahead. Yeah, take we got over. beaten the spots. We got beaten the spots where we need to succeed. You know, we've gotten the offense through some of the guys that can score with Battle and Brissett and um, Howard. But we get our, a lot of our points, a lot of our offense, by just second-chance points off offensive rebounds and free-throw attempt, like free-throw shots. And uh, that was stuff that we just got killed with in this game. And um, I don't know. I talked to my dad a little bit. He, he thought that the, the refs kind of let uh, Notre Dame bully us a little bit. He thought he let it, they let it get a little too physical. I thought there was some – some illegal picks up top of the two three zone on uh Boston or sorry, Notre Dame, um, when they were on offense against our guards a couple times on battle, um, that were never called. And um I just think it's weird because I don't think that our game plan changed that much, but we only got to the line six times. Uh they got to the line sixteen times and we've been in we're usually shooting almost close to twenty free throw shots every single game. So Yeah, we shot six. Yeah. So I just think that between that and then getting um, out offensive rebounded was it twenty one to nine or twenty one to eight one of the two? Um, we got out rebounded really really bad and um, with how our offense is and the lack of our offensive firepower and a lack of a fourth option and it's just we need those things to happen. So we already know that pretty much every game is going to be like this. So we need to be able to get the points where they can help. And so far this year, the reason why we had such a great non conference record. 
was because of the fact that we got offensive rebounds and we out-rebounded teams and we got to the free throw line. So, Well, you're, you're talking about the rebounds. We had thought we were a good rebounding team. I still believe we're a good rebounding team. If you listen to Jim Beheim's post, um, post-game press conference, he had a different thought. Here it is. We're not a good rebounding team. That was a myth. Complete myth. We got guys 180 pounds out there. Nobody's really gone to the boards until, except the last two games. And when they did, we had, we cannot rebound down there. Guys, physical guys, they're very physical and they bang you and we have trouble with that. You hear, you hear the big sigh from Jim Beheim, the uh, signature sigh from the post post game press conference. Now, I disagree. I, I agree that they've been taking it to us, but I disagree that we're not a good rebounding team. I think, you know, I think we've we've been a good rebounding team. It's not because we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. JJ has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Because teams haven't tried to get down there, it's because they weren't physically matched as us. I, I think um, he makes a good point. Uh, 180 pounds. Um, I mean, dude, I'm like 175. So if you know, if you got a, a guy 100 180 pounds down there, that's not that's not going to work. They're going to get they're going to get out muscled. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Um, but a myth. I don't know, Joe. What do you say? It's tough to say because I think he does have a point. Because when you play in non-conference, a lot of the teams that we do play, they don't have the height that we that we have, and they don't have the the bigger bodies. Once you get into ACC play, you see it a lot more. So, I would say right now, I'm not going to go as far as saying it was a myth, like Jim Beheim said. But um, he was pissed too. That was immediately after the game. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But if this becomes a trend against ACC teams and ACC talent, then I would. Definitely tend to agree with Beheim. If it comes down to you know, if it comes to fruition, that's that, that's actually what's going on. Then 
I would definitely, I mean, there's a chance that he could be right, but I just, I'm going to wait for there to be an actual trend other than just two games in a row like that. But I think a lot just comes down to effort, rebounding is effort, defense is effort, uh, you know, um, hustling is effort. And like the last play of the game, like what Bayheim said, I don't know if you saw it, but he got yeah. asked about the, um, the last play with Frank Howard and Merrick and everything. And he was just like, you know, I don't think that it was effort. He thought that the guy was either going to make it or the, or the time was going to go off. I mean, he kind of stuck up for the players, you know, he said, Merrick, nobody plays harder, you know, than Merrick and, um, in the nation. Yeah, that's what he said. So, yeah. but <laughs> I mean, they completely lost their minds in terms of the clock. Was right, because if they hustle all the way down, you can see that that line, if, if Frank Howard goes down and hustles and he's going to end up getting that rebound and we go into overtime and who who knows, you know, but that's just like what we said before, playing with fire and playing these close games, not having the offense like that. Um, that's just what's going to happen is because of your offense, you're going to get limited to where basically the game is going to be in, you know, it's going to be in play all the way to the end. And every game we're going to have to make plays in those last four minutes to win the game or hold the lead or come back or whatever the the situation may be. So that's just what the games are going to be. Um, so we can, every game we're going to be able to blame a little bit here, a little bit there, that effort play at the end of the game. Yes. Could have gone into overtime, but you, you go until you hear he the stuck. whistle in football, you go until you hear the buzzer, yeah, or the whistle in basketball, I agree. right? I'm look, I'm right there with you. And again, like I said, I Beheim stuck up for him, but at the end of the day, after watching that in film, and in practice, if you were a fly on the wall, I guarantee you that they got some some stuff for it and that it probably won't happen again. Uh, well, I hope not, because it was very St. John's-esque at the end of that one. And I'm not yeah. I'm not even trying to compare the two, but the effort, um, it, it, like Joe mentioned, I didn't even see um, Merrick. I noticed Howard pulling up because he was closer to the basket. but. Yeah. Um, in talking about it, he said when he was talking about Merrick, he said, um, I think he and Frank thought the game was over. Obviously, it wasn't over. It was a horrendous mistake. If they both both hustled down there, it would have been no basket. And now that's complete speculation. But they had the steam. And I agree. With a missed shot, you, you've got two guys that are contending two to one on that rebound. Like maybe, I said, Frank maybe Howard there's would a foul. the ball. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so. anyway, that was the buzz on social media too, from what I could see. Uh, from on our page, people were just just besides themselves. They were disgusted, and we if we want to be serious and we play basketball, I mean, I'm speaking. You know, I don't play basketball. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> but if we want to be serious and we play basketball, you, you gotta do. You gotta give. You gotta give everything. Every game, yeah. because you can't score. You didn't even break fifty points. And oh yeah, you know you shot thirty nine percent from the field. And for once, it's like they hit their threes. They did decent, forty four point four percent. I can't complain with that. They no. didn't get to the line much because Notre Dame had a game plan for Brissett. They knew that there were certain guys that they were just going to let him shoot, and they were going to let Brissett take his jump shots because they weren't scared of it. Brissett hasn't made these guys scared of taking jump shots. He's made them scared of 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 driving the lane and getting the foul. They took away his game. They took away yeah. his game. Yeah, but he made some threes though too. He so. did. No, exactly. And that's my point. That brings me to my point. Thank you. We we have 
we have to put together full games. We've got to make our threes. We've got to we've got to be able to drive and dry, draw fouls. We got to be able to make our foul shots when we have the opportunity. And we got to do the easy stuff at the rim. And we got to get three rebounds. Out rebounded forty two to twenty seven. We got yeah. eight offensive rebounds. Eight. Mm-hmm. After being in the top ten in the nation uh, before these last two games. So I mean yeah. I don't I don't know how. Oh, oh and then and everybody that that Jim Beheim feels deserving to get on the court has to pretty much give every ounce of energy Everything. to the last, like you said, to the last, to the, to the whistle goes, to the buzzer goes off. They need to do it because it, I mean, that's how much like they need to make up because of how bad their offense is. So it's just bad. And you know, you think back to, um, Gino Thorpe leaving. And I wonder if, Maybe he would. Oh, have we're been always going to wonder, man. I know. I wonder though if 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 at this point he'd be making a difference. Uh, we brought him in for outside shooting. Um, you know, I would, would like be, to think he probably would. I would think so too. Not for anything. He's fresh legs, and you you, you know it seems like um, that's always important. That's always important. Well, yeah. I mean, before the season even started, Beheim so he talked about the three guard lineup because he knew what type of offense you know uh, Thorpe was going to be able to bring to the. Uh, to the team because he knew that um, the guys down low, they really don't got too much other than Brissett. You know, he knew that Merrick and, and Matt Moyer are limited to a, to a point. And I mean, really, so is, um, is Barama and um, Pascal. So he knew that that was going to be a situation where, I mean, I remember talking about it in the beginning of the season where I thought when it came down to conference play and end of the game and they needed people in there, I thought that, Brissett, Battle, Howard, and Thorpe were going to be in there just based upon the fact that they could score. Yeah. So, I mean, you, but at the end of the day, it's all speculation at this point. But oh, it is, but it's fun to speculate, right? I mean, you, you can't help but sometimes. wonder. You can't help but wonder. <laughs> you know, yeah, you're right, sometimes. <laughs> um, well, you mentioned, you mentioned. Well, hey, hey, Sue. Go ahead. Just one thing that I wanted to hit up, too, before I forget. Um Another thing, too, that we don't really think about is who knows how real good Notre Dame is. I mean, I know we blew that game, but... Um, they did all right in the second half without the same two guys they played. They didn't... Yeah, they outscored... They out, They beat NC State by... Uh, I think they were plus 24 in the second half, and they beat them by 30, and NC State just beat Duke last night. Yeah. Or the night before, night whichever before. one. It, the night yeah. before. So... I mean, you look at the college basketball, everything's all over the place. I mean, Michigan State, the number one team, just lost last night. Or maybe Saturday night was one of the two. It was this weekend. And, I mean, Villanova has recently lost. Uh, so, I mean, you look this past Saturday. I mean, when was the last time that North Carolina, Duke, Syracuse, and Louisville probably lost on the last day? Or on the same day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's yeah. – college basketball right now is it's kind of crazy. So – it is in in the ACC. The trouble on the road with the ACC team seems to be uh, carrying over into this year too. You mentioned uh, we've harped on we've harped on the orange. Um, there is some positive though that came out of the game, not in the play, but in uh, Sadibi. He came in. Uh, I think he played ten minutes, and yeah, he played ten minutes. He went two. Actually, for two. played pretty well. He, yeah, he two for two. Um, he had two defensive rebounds. And he, you know, he got his four points and he also had a block in 10 minutes and he didn't look um, like he was in pain. He didn't look, um, you know, didn't look like he was having too much trouble moving around. So 
if uh, you ever want to take a positive out of it, that's all I got for you. We were talking about French legs. <laughs> I mean, it's gonna make a, it. If he gets healthy, it's he will make it. He will make a difference. He'll 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 do. No, the battle had a good bounce back game too. So yeah, he did. He did. He scored forty one percent of our points. By the way, so that's it's like kind of well, that's that's the kind of game he's gonna have to have. We don't need yeah. him to go in there and score thirty or forty. We just need him to do something like he did. You yeah, know, exactly. he did enough to win the game. It was everyone else around him, or just the pace of the game. It was just the pace of the game was weird to me. Um, again, like I said, really slow. Well, it's not even that. Just as much as like. The fouls that they were calling and the way that they were letting them oh, play. The and, intentional um, foul. There was an intentional foul missed on a fast. No, yeah, there was. Yeah, I mean, I just Howard got I mean, held my, by the arm. Yeah, my dad always has a conspiracy that everybody else gets the fouls when they're at home, but when we're at home, we still get hosed. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but I, I think I, that's I, probably I, just a biased uh, mind frame. But either way, it is. But it way, seems that way though sometimes. But I mean, what I mean by pace, I meant by like the the pace that the refs called the game. Sometimes the refs call it tight. Sometimes they call it loose. They let people play. Um, just so happens that the majority of the games, the way that we've played offense this year, we're going to the line a lot. And um, well, even Jim Beheim said that. Um, you know, even on well, there was a couple plays, but that he said. He thought there, Tyus there Battle foul. got fouled he, in the last play. Yeah, he thought Tyus Battle got fouled on the interception, and he just said they're just not calling those. So it's one of those things where you just got to figure out what they're what they're calling and what they're not calling, and it's usually based, you know, through conference play. Well, so, the way that game was called for us was definitely uh, not a. Um, it wasn't favorable. Let's just say that. No, no, so, absolutely was not. With the and that and that happens sometimes with crews because a lot of time, I mean, the refs they they control the pace of the game. They control the play. You know, if if Notre Dame knows that they can bully us around and push us around a little bit more because they got a little bit more meat on their bones and they're not calling it, then they're just going to keep taking it and trying and taking advantage of it, and maybe yeah. even taking it, trying to take it a little bit further. You know what I mean? So it was something that wasn't called. Who knows what would have happened? Maybe. They call some of those fouls, and they're played. A, they call it a little bit more of a tight game. You know, maybe they they calm down a little bit with their aggressiveness aggressiveness underneath, and maybe it helps on the boards. So you never really know how the way the refs call the game, how it's going to affect your play. But you, like you said, you just have to try to adapt to it. It's just sometimes some teams don't have that type of game to to adapt to certain ways that the refs call the games. And I think that that kind of game that was called yesterday was. Uh, mer- Saturday was was tough for us. It was an unfavorable. It was tough. But you know what? You, you score you know, though, 52 that's, that's points and tur- you win that game, though. Yeah, yeah. And that's how tournament games are going to be called as well, though. So Yeah. Did I cut you off? What were you going to say? Final thought? No, I was just, no, just going to say that's how tournament games are going to be called, oh, okay. though. So if you can't win them now, then what's what's the use of yeah. getting to the tournament? Yeah. And then, you know. They got to tighten it so, up, man. They got to tighten gotta it up. They just got to figure it out. Tighten Either way, up. like you said, our defense played good enough. You know, you score 52 points in the dome and you win a game. So you got to be able to score 52. 24,000, 24,300 people in there. Largest, largest uh, attendance at the dome so far this year. And, you know, albeit they were a little quiet, but they didn't I blame much... the weather. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, I right. Won. Yeah. Um, albeit they were a little quiet, but they didn't have much reason to get up, but. Um, when they did get up, you could hear them, and you know it's just it's just sucked. Dude. It was embarrassing. So, on we go. We're going to play in Charlottesville and you at UVA. Yeah. Uh, All time record, I think, was five and four. 
Um, I mean, UVA's on a tear. They're phenomenal. Uh, Joe, yeah. what do you got, buddy? Like you said, UVA is is on a tear right now. I saw something earlier. The, they had percentage of the teams that have the best percentage of chance to get a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. And right now, Virginia is number two right behind uh, Villanova. Uh, the 14-1, and one, they haven't lost a game since December 5th against West Virginia. And uh, they've already beaten um, Boston College, uh, North Carolina, uh, in ACC play, uh, I think there's one other team, but they're three and zero, right behind Clemson. And um, right now, Ken Pomeroy has them as the number three team, um, number one team overall in defensive efficiency, and that's really uh, that's really what we're looking at here. Is Virginia's basically us, except for they can score better. So um, they still got Kyle Guy doesn't have the man bun this year, but he's uh, their he leading scorer and uh, shooting forty four percent from three point line. Uh, Ty, Jer- yeah, Ty Jerome, another guy that uh, that's getting a lot of minutes. They got four guys that I think average over thirty minutes. Um, Kyle Guy, Ty Jerome, um, another guard, uh, Devon Clark. Is it Clark? Devon somebody. <laughs> I forgot what his name was. And uh, he puts up – he's the second leading scorer and he's the leading assist man, 6'5", senior guard. And um, Jack Salt is their their big guy, uh, the guy that uh, lost a tooth last year when we were playing. But um, they, they have somehow figured out a way to just lose guys every year, some of their key guys, and still just keep it up. You know, a couple of years ago it was Malcolm Brogdon. Last year it was uh, London Parentis. Oh, that's right. And now, yep, and, and now these guys just step right in. Uh, another guy, Isaiah Wilkins, uh, main uh, rebounder on their team. They only got two guys that average over ten points because they don't really score that much because their defense and the pace of the game. But um, they do what we would love to do, but more efficient. Um, so, well, they're more efficient at scoring. <laughs> Right, and, and then yeah, that's really what it comes down to is they have way more options. Um, but I, we have had recent success against them. So we came back. We came back from twenty down uh, last year, I believe it was. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right and the, the, the last time we played them after in, that was a was when we beat them to go to the final four. Yeah, and we had that comeback right. as well. So we've yeah. had two historic yeah. comebacks against them our last two games, and now we're going to Charlottesville. What are we, eleven and a half point underdog? Mm, um, man, uh, what do you what do you think about what do you think about the pace, Joe? Real quick, let me just ask you. Um, no, it's uh, going to be a slow one. It's going to be a slow one. I think Syracuse averages about eighteen seconds before their first shot, something like that. That was that was before the Notre Dame game. That's a really really slow pace. And, yeah. and coach coach was asked about it, and he said he, he that's too slow. Um, what do you think? Uh, for oh, yeah. UVA, for UVA too, specifically. Well, well, I mean, for UVA, I mean, yeah, that's what scares you, is that it takes them that long to get a decent-looking shot, as you would like to say. Right, And yeah. now we're going against the number one defensive team. So, <laughs> you know, it's not like it's going to be any easier the way that we've been playing. But yeah. again, I I think our the difference between us and Virginia is that um, I do think that we uh, are a little bit more athletic, but we're definitely a lot more um, just a, a longer, more rangy team. And again, our our zone has proven to to give them problems, but probably more than that, our press has been proven to give them problems. But um, 
they're still a dangerous team. Somebody that you're you're worried about playing. We play them twice this year, so uh, they should be second or third in the ACC, in my opinion. Right now, I to me personally, they're the number one team. Um, I think so. Just be, just because, and the only reason I say this is just because with Duke, they just have such a good defense. Um, Duke, I mean, Duke's it's tough. Beatable, yeah, man. Duke, Duke's taking beatable, Duke, but they're good. taking Duke. Yeah, but just losing to NC State though the other night. Yeah, and knowing that Virginia's got a Virginia's got a great D. What was that? NC State. Um, and the Duke's NC got State no was playing. Defense. NC State was lighting it up on offense, man. And I'm not talking right. huge shots. I'm just talking just great selection. No. And yeah, just, well, I talked to your brother about it, and he talks about Duke's defense is awful. Well, good. So, <laughs> well, that's why all these games are so high scoring. Yeah, so. their offense is awesome, though. Marvelous Marvin Bagley, the magician. Yeah, but you're talking about Virginia, who's going to be able to stop those, him. You see some of those shots he threw up against NC State, dude? Yeah, and they look so Holy easy. <laughs> that guy's a that's nut. The, that's the problem. That guy's um, a nut. Go on. I'm either sorry. way, I mean, Duke, Duke, Virginia won too. I know Clemson's got a great record, uh, but FSU's good. Man, Miami's up there. It's. I mean, it's it's tough. It's definitely going to be tough. UNC is overrated, like I said, this, though, like next, I said. This game, this game tomorrow night, I mean, Virginia, I'm sure, has just been chomping at the bit to come to get back at us, and now this is the first time since the last two games that we're actually going to Charlottesville and playing. It's, yeah. it's just so, we, we got we to gotta go in there and we got to do try to do what we normally do. I think our only chance is to get in there and just – try to play aggressive we have to stay out of foul trouble and play defense effort 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 do not let them out rebound us or push us around like other teams have been and honestly i really think that the only way again like i said is just getting a couple guys in foul trouble and going to the free throw line we got to shoot uh, we're, we're at our best when we when we take it to the rim when o'shea Persec can can get to the rim and either lay it in clean or get a an and one, or just take the get the take the foul, or whatever he can do. And Anything it, that makes it easier for us to get points. Exactly. That's exactly. But that's really the key. what it They're is. They're the best when they do that. No shape or set. Like like Jim Beheim said, he's the number one guy in the front line for scoring. Yeah. To to create yeah. them type of things. And and just like as far as a matchup goes. You know, sometimes you get an odd matchup in football where you got a huge underdog and a dominant team, and when they when they play a similar type of game, I mean, it's a matchup thing, man. I'm not saying Syracuse is is already lost before they even start this game. I would never say that. UVA is a great team, but you never know. You never know. I mean, Syracuse could shock everybody, just like NC State shocked Duke. Right. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is that that. <laughs> College basketball is all—it's always changing and it's so volatile that like you never know what's going to happen. You know, you never know who any night, any given night, like you said, someone could be off, someone could get hurt, foul trouble. The way that the refs prep the game, like you said, just straight matchups where someone just can't guard somebody else because of the way that they play. Like, there's so many things that go into it. So, I, I guess the one thing that really just scares me is that after you know, looking at all the crazy. Um, upsets and trying to figure out who the best team is and everything. Virginia's kind of been one of those solid kind of, they know what they are, you know, yeah, yeah they're they, consistent. Mm-hmm, they're you consistent. know what you're going to get with them. Yeah. So 
That's it's the just, scary uh, part. <laughs> right. But at the same time, we know that we play good enough defense to be able to stay in games too. So again, I don't really, I don't really see a way that we, that we get blown out unless we completely just steer away from the game plan and just settle for jumpers and just don't make any. Can't, can't do that. We saw that. I mean, we can't even beat Notre Dame doing that. So, all right. I guess uh, episode 49, the books, episode 50 coming up, Joe. That's impressive. Never thought we'd last this long. Really? No, <laughs> no I'm just playing. Um, all right. Well, that's it. Tomorrow night. What is it? What is it? Sorry. Sorry. I should have had this ready. Tomorrow Tuesday, night at 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock on the ACC network or oh, any. God. Yeah. Or it's not ACC extra. It's ACC network. Oh, so it'll be on TV. Yes, yes. So, and if, and obviously, if you don't have the ACC network, which many people don't, uh, you can go and watch it off of the um, pixelated ESPN Watch app, um, which is painful, but you get to watch it anyway. So, that's it. Eight o'clock tomorrow, UVA. We will try to get back here. We've got um, Florida State coming up. After that, about four four days after on Saturday, so we should be able to we should be able to uh, get that done. So, uh, plan on being back for episode fifty after that. For Sean, no, for Joe, I'm Sean. Hi. <laughs> Are you? You're Sean. Hold on, let's do that again. Hold on, ready? For Joe, I'm Sean. We're out. You just heard the Q Nation podcast with Sean and Joe.